um, Councilor or Deputy Mayor Ford so moves. All those in favor? Thank you. It was carried. Public <coughs> hearings, uh, I don't think we have any. And for presentations, I'd like to welcome our MLA, uh, Dan Williams. And um, yeah, so um, Dan, we have uh, both some, some information to give to you, and if you want to start us off or whatever's best. Sure, why don't you guys let me know the items you want to talk about. I imagine we're going to talk about crime, public safety a little bit. Um, I have about half an hour. I can push that a bit if we need to to make sure we, we get as much as possible in. Um, I'll, I'll start before you give me a list of the items and what you want to hit first by thanking you, uh, Mayor Manzer, for, for having me and Council for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and um, I'm glad I've now had a chance to meet uh, Barbara, who I've heard nothing but terrific things about. Sounds like a very smart hire for the town. I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys and uh, maximize your questions and hopefully I have some content for you too. Great, and you know all our counselors and anybody else in the room you wanna introduce to? Who is that? Yeah, I, I, I met my constituents and you are right there. Very good, very good. Okay, and um, so um, some of the items that we thought we would be discussing with you and bringing forth information and a few asks, um, we're going to be um, Hopefully, talking about homelessness, mental health, and um, possible solutions to our issues in town. Then, um, and Mark Boychuk will talk to that. Then we have um, Byron Scammerhorn here who will talk uh, basically about jail releases and corrections and how that has impacted us and a few thoughts on that as well. And if we have time, uh, a few other things, we might be talking about busing, which uh, is not only an inter-community thing, but an internal community thing. So obviously you are aware that um, we've had an uptake in um, homelessness, mental health, and crime. Really in our downtown area is where the it's showing up most. Um, we think there are various causes of that. Um, but there's definitely been an uptake, uh, uptake enough that businesses are alarmed at what they have to deal with it on many uh, daily basis. Uh, uptake on uh, comments from residents about visiting those um, uh, locations, the businesses, and just not feeling comfortable walking in and out sometimes because of who's hanging around and whatnot. So I don't want to take all the marks. So, uh, <laughs> points here, but um, then the, the jail has impacted that and there's been some changing um, processes at the jail due to a variety of elements we understand, but Byron will speak to those a bit. And I think we'll just get started. So Mr. Boychuk, uh, you have our attention. Thank you, Mayor Manzer. Um, and, and nice to see you again, Dan. And, and We've had many discussions over uh, over the years here, and I, I sure appreciate your support and your guidance of getting me to the right places and connections in the past. Um, <clears throat> as Mayor Mather said, we've definitely seen an increase, you know, in what's going on. But as far as the homelessness goes, you know, that's been pretty steady here this last little while, um, except for the the increase that we've been seeing with uh, uh, more and more people hanging around our streets and the encampments that have been going on. There's a bit of complications around that sometimes when we have mass prisoner releases into our community, 
they don't really gel with the, the, the chronic homeless population that we have in town and they've uh, they actually, actually victimize them a lot and with, which complicates issues with the RCMP, ties up a lot of the hospital issues and uh, and calls like that so you know we've been uh, focusing on that by you know the only answer to that is supportive housing and, and programs around that so you know our task force has been working with outside agencies to try and lure them to our community that are running these programs well and other other places but unfortunately they're all large cities you know there's really not much going on as far as dealing with these complex issues in um, in rural Canada and let alone rural northern rural Alberta and so we're struggling there trying to to not only find programs that are viable but to, to bring them here and um, have agencies that have the capacity to to maintain them sustainably um, so you know we've definitely been looking at the mobile outreach team and the thing that's really attractive about that is is how we're going to start working people off the streets into housing but if we don't have the housing we're just going to keep moving these people around on the streets over and over again and until we deal with the prisoner release problem we're, we're going to constantly be having that conflict and victimization that goes on with our residents um, around that so it's it's a very complex issue as you know uh, and, and we're very grateful that we have the opportunity possibly to speak with many different agencies within your government to to solve this problem because it's just not even one government agency can solve this you know as we know we need a multi-sector uh, collaboration to bring us together to work to resolve this so it doesn't come back and, and be a pilot project for the rest of our communities around here because we're not the only community struggling like this and, and thankfully we've been ahead on this homelessness issue but other communities that are just starting are, are really scrambling so we can give them some hope and, and some guidance and, and show what's working and, and adapt that here you know I think this is the perfect community to do that because just the way we're working together as a region now and the support we have within each other, within each community, you know, um, that we've got what it's going to take to solve these issues. So that, you know, I, I don't want to waste all of our time because I really believe that prisoner issue is, is probably one of our biggest issues right now. Yeah. And, um, and, and the problems that's causing not only with the homelessness, but with the crime as well, right? So. But uh, you know where we're coming from, and, and I would highly recommend that someday we get together with the task force team and, and see what's going on there with us and, and which direction we're going and, and how we can work together because uh, it's the only way we're going to solve this problem. Thank you for that update. Did you want to group all of the public safety stuff together? It might be a, a more useful way to before the time so are there any other I think you mentioned there's another one you want to yes talk. there is but I was just going to add to um, Councillor Wojciech's uh, comments that um, one of the things that was helpful for our let's call them local homeless was uh, our Sagatawa Friendship Centre had a MAP program well still does um, at times it's been just in the overnight hours and at times it was also a place to be during the day that stop the daily part stopped because of funding the overnight part stops at the end of this month because of funding their funding oh. is just cut so that is also going to have some impact on the numbers of people that are overnight wanders around if they 
haven't got other places to be. We've got a few uh, tent city type things happening, which is not good. Um, things like you see in the big city, um, fire happens because of certain circumstances. Um, they perhaps break into the power outlets, take power, do whatever there sort of thing. So all of that um, adds to this and throw in some mental health issues with a variety of people who um, it's hard to reason with, put it that way, and uh, scary if they're in a group of two or three walking towards you. So that was kind of homeless mental health, and so we're asking for a pilot program similar to the Grand Prairie Outreach Program, and the estimated costs right now are about 250000 to do that pilot. I think, Mark, for probably that would be for a year sort of thing. That's, that's just to get it up and going mm -hmm. and, and do all the training and stuff. Yeah, so the first year, it's considerably more because they've expanded it and expanded their services. Mm -hmm. But they've got eight time full, eight full-time staff in Grand Prairie and, and they're handling 10,000 calls a year. So, you know, we went to have that type of magnitude here. So we wouldn't need uh, that extensive of a program, but uh, you know, it's definitely not a cheap program to run. But it's a heck of a lot cheaper than using our RCMP and our, our ambulances as as non-stop services. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Mr. Scanlon, if you would like to add, so Councillor Boychuk kind of alluded to the uh, the prisoner release situation going on with the PRCC. Um, the prison's currently running thirty percent plus below desired staff levels, so they've got. A number of challenges already being the further most northerly uh, establishment providing that service um, and just some of the quick stats here for the late winter early spring between February and April uh, those two months February 10th to April 8th so those two months in there 127 inmates were released fair enough um, of those 89 <coughs> uh, of those being released were, were unplanned and so they end up just being, being let go. So in a span of, of uh, 57 days, 47 inmates were released with nothing, no money, no whatever, just released into homelessness into, into Peace River. And so with a lack of transportation available to get them to other communities, once upon a time you could get a Greyhound in all sorts of directions from here. Now one a day leaves to Edmonton, um, but there's individuals that need to go north or perhaps to Grand Prairie. Currently, the only way to take a bus to Grand Prairie is to bus to Edmonton, then back to Grand Prairie, and that kind of thing. So some of these other um, issues that PRCC is having, and a number of these policies obviously are federally mandated with how releases are conducted now, and, and, and uh, the changes in, in bail and whatever else. So, so there's some things that might be out of our, our direct hands. Um, but. All of the other issues that Councillor Boychuk and, and uh, Mayor Manser mentioned are now compounded by an increase in the number of individuals. And then, of course, there's the nature of those individuals coming from the PRCC. Um, that's a really specific type of clientele to be released into your town as opposed to just the average person that um, is kind of just ended up in a rough spot uh, as well. And, and, and as Councillor Boychuk mentioned, it's, it's not only our our, uh, our local businesses that are being victimized, but also some of our, let's say our, our community members that often sleep rough are, are having a really, really increased difficult time 
um, with uh, the clientele from the prison being released here in town. So there's, we'll we'll send you with. I'm not going to bore you with the whole the whole thing or, or whatever. Not that it's boring or reading at all, but yeah, we'll send you with some of that stats and some of that data there. And um, I imagine uh, you have some stuff that you're going to share that that your party is looking at instituting too that might have an impact on some of these things. And there are some requests in here as well, uh, just from our end, in terms of um, potentially how those releases could be conducted, the timing of those um, could better coincide with available transportation and things like that. So. Okay, thank you for the Welcome, sir. Your Worship, should I kick it off here with a bit of many responses? Yeah, that would be good. Okay, good. Um, so, uh, I'll address them as best I can. I think I took notes on, on most of them. If I miss a point that you raised that's important, Mark or Elaine or Byron or anyone else, feel free to, to remind me so I can try to come back to it. Um, so, <clears throat> around the question of encampments, increased homelessness, um, your guys' information is similar to what I have. In fact, when I spoke to the minister's office, they gave me crime data that gets it to late 2021 but they don't have a compilation of data much beyond that. So they say the best resource is a local RCMP detachment. And to be honest, from my understanding, that's who you guys are talking to to get this. Uh, I know Mark uh, at Zagatawa and, and other folks who work on this issue work closely with the RCMP detachment. Uh, in fact, just as I came in, I saw three of our local officers uh, chatting with some folks at the gas station across the street. They are preoccupied with this. Um, we know it anecdotally, even if we don't have data to show that that we see instead of the normal community policing they would be doing, they're focusing on these issues instead. Um, we have eyes to see, we don't need to wait for the data to come to say that this is a problem. So um, I think inevitably some form of, of, of supports around Asegatawa and many, many other services are going to be a part of this solution. The two different populations um, are, um, are at conflict with each other from what I understand too, and this gets to perhaps to some degree, though I can't draw a direct correlation, to the release of folks from the corrections facility. My data I have similar. I have from mid-November to February, uh, there were 188 inmates released, um, 73 were sentenced, and 115 were remanded. Now that distinction is really important. To be able to be sentenced in certain time in that provincial corrections facility, you must be serving 24 months minus a day, right? So uh, those are inevitably going to be lesser, less severity of nature of the acts that brought you into that. Um, the ones who are remanded could be any number of folks. Uh, they have not yet been sentenced. They're in the middle of the process of the judicial system. They might be having a court date here in Peace River. It might be the closest place to hold them while that was started out. A court order, bail, any number of different things could release these remanded. And once they're released by court order or bail, the corrections facility no longer has the right to hold them. This is where these unplanned releases come from. The concerning thing for me about that is these people, though not convicted, are accused potentially of the more egregious crimes in our criminal code, right? So when you have a disproportionately high amount of those being released, those who are accused of the more you know, intense criminality, that's where we start to see these conflicts of population. Inevitably, it's pretty easy to draw that line and to say that that is affecting our community is an understatement. So um, I, I, I want to get back to uh, Sekatawa for just a quick second before I forget. I have already pressed the ministry on funding. 
Um, I'm hoping to try and get an answer so that we can continue some important level of services there. Those services are a part of the solution. Now, I don't want to say they're the only thing. There's a larger piece that we're going to have to talk about, and that's next. But I'm a big supporter of Segutawa, the work they're doing, uh, and many others. So where I can try and assure continuity, I want to be able to do that. So let me continue to do that in the days leading up to the writ drop, um, at which point I'll have to take off my MLA duties hat. Um, and I don't want to be seen to be campaigning in that office. So I'll do what I can, and then hopefully um, if your administration can send my office a follow-up here, I'm reminding us to get back to you before the end of um, this month. That would be good just to make sure we don't drop that ball. So now to the larger problem. The, one of the reasons we have such difficulty um, with the remanded, that's the unplanned releases, is because the bail requirements, as Byron alluded to, are effectively non-existent now. Bill C or C75 federally was part of what they called a compassionate bail reform, um, which is euphemism, as most of these crazy policies on the left are. Uh, and it's destroying our communities, and that's countrywide. I'm, I'm not being partisan, I'm not being dramatic here. Uh, recently, all 10 provinces' justice ministers, along with all three <laughs> territories, good luck getting unanimity at the provincial and territorial level on any issue, never mind a contentious one surrounding uh, bail reform that the Liberals pushed very, very hard on and advocated for. They came to the federal minister and said, this is an unmitigated, literally an unmitigated disaster in our communities. There's no recourse or tool for our RCMP officers or local police forces to um, control and, and eliminate the threat once that individual's been arrested. Uh, the threat is, can be as simple as keeping that person in custody because of the threat they pose to the community potentially. The bail requirements are almost non-existent under Bill C-75. So it's not true that it's out of our hands completely. In that, we have an obligation to work with our other counterparts who also see this as a problem and push back. So recently, the federal government did announce in response to the emergency meeting of justice ministers that they will be bringing forward amended legislation in their fall sitting of 2023. I'm not holding my breath that they're going to get it right. I think there's an ideology driving these individuals who live in nice communities that don't have the kind of consequences you would have in a small town like ours with a corrections facility next door to it. And I think that is massively aggravating the problem that we have. That problem through COVID was going to escalate one way or the other. But in many ways, the federal liberals were pouring gasoline on a smoldering fire that was already there. And so I'm hoping that they take very seriously the public, the public safety consequences of the legislation uh, and they bring forth meaningful reform. Um, I'm not gonna hold my breath, but the pressure will continue from our government for sure. And to be fair, NDP, BC, you know, Liberal, New Brunswick, Saskatchewan, Party Saskatchewan, across the political spectrum, right? Territories up north or urbanized down south, everyone's saying the same thing. So I think this is a good sign to show that the policy isn't working. It's not a question of partisan preference. It is a question of, of good and bad for our communities. So that is probably one of the biggest things we can do. In the meantime, we should be doing more. And there are a number of public safety announcements that will come out as the election goes on. I'll let that unfold as it comes out, and hopefully you guys will stay appraised of that as it goes on. There is the ability of doing a review, a municipal review of the policing services. We saw this happen with some 
So Fanfare in Grand Prairie recently, they did almost a full year-long review, and they ended up siding with the idea of creating a local municipal police force. That does not have to be the conclusion. Speaking to the minister's office, they're very happy to see the request come back to say, we don't have enough officers. This isn't a total solution, but it might be part of a solution. It might be we need community policing and sheriffs as part of the mandate in our community, not just um, prisoner transportation and courts and traffic, right? So I would encourage you guys um, to take a part in that review, to consider as a municipality what that can look like. Uh, I know that the one more prominent example is creating a municipal police force. That does not have to be the case. Uh, and my encouragement would be that this is not something that burdens the local municipality in terms of a financial burden. I would hope and expect that the minister would include supports from the provincial level. One way or the other, um, it's a grant application to start it from my understanding. I'm happy to have my office reach out to your administration to see if this is something you're interested in. Uh, and the minister's office assured me that there are lots of potential solutions that can come out of this. And I think that inevitably, just as community supports like Segatawa will be part of the solution, bail reform will be part of this. There's not a lot of tools for the police officers without that. But an increased presence on the streets to reassure our community members that this is being dealt with will probably also be a part of it. And I want the province to be a part of that and to be leading that. Uh, from its perspective, whether it be peace officers or sheriffs or any others. And like I said, my hope and expectation would be that this is something that is a burden not for the communities to, to shoulder financially, something that the province says we're stepping up, just as we saw with the 100 new officers in Edmonton and Calgary with our sheriffs. That is not a single dime that is being um, invoiced into the municipalities. It's all going onto the province. It is a similar kind of relationship. So um, I hope I got the lion's share of it. Uh, it's a very big concern for me. As we heard from uh, Mayor Manzer, community is feeling this, whether you're talking about average citizens like those joining us um, who say they don't feel safe, um, or we're talking about business owners, or we're talking about people traveling through town. We have the opportunity for a terrific tourism season in Peace River this year. I think that after the pandemic, people are looking for different kinds of tourism experiences. I think Peace River is very well positioned in the province for this. I wouldn't want to see these sorts of things negatively affect our community beyond the way that already is. So uh, I couldn't agree more um, with the sentiment of council that there's going to have to be a holistic approach, but we can't dismiss it either. Um, for my part, um, I plan on being um, very supportive of initiatives um, like I mentioned, looking at more officers, looking at bail reform, looking at supporting community services. Thank you. So I, I guess uh, one question I would have is, yes, I totally agree. It shouldn't be a burden that Peace River picks up just because we are located nicely by the um, Correctional Institute. You know, we're happy to have um, uh, people working at the Correctional Institute. Apparently, we would like about 30% more to be working there. And um, so, you know, we're, we're happy with that kind of economic part of the jail system. But we understand they're, they're really under some um, struggles themselves, uh, not only in terms of um, uh, more workers there, but things like the retention of their workers as well. And um, I, our, our admin will send you a document that has some of our uh, potential strategies to suggest how we might get more people. And it includes, uh, you know, make our, make our jail a training institute for correctional officers, things, things like that. 
Um, they offer a bit of an incentive already to uh, attract and keep people, but we're also told that the process of applying to become a, uh, a jail officer is rather convoluted and it takes two departments to figure it out and maybe that red tape kind of thing could be uh, looked at as well as, you know, for part of that. Um, with respect to the busing, which is uh, part of the uh, Correctional Institute um, issue, it, it's not only the, the, it's the busing between communities, but it's also um, the, uh, the transport of uh, uh, prisoners from one, even one facility to another. There seems to be some um, reasons right now, and maybe it's, it's sheriff time, it's uh, correctional institute time, that they just can't do it as much as they used to, and maybe other things have changed within their facility that makes it that way. But what we, we have in our um, request are some uh, two, well, more than two, actually about six things. But one of them is to um, ask the executive director to mandate that Peace River Correctional staff give all inmates who have an unplanned release without transportation an escort to their home community or to wherever they started from, perhaps, in their trials through the system. Because it's like anybody else, if you're left alone, dropped off someplace and you have no um, connection to anything, well, you, you might pick what's available and it's not necessarily the best choice for you. Uh, other than that, uh, we'll send you some information also on um, some internal transportation um, thing, uh, programs that we have presently that are very costly and yet at the same time they're not considered transit so they don't seem to be eligible for transit type funding, but they're alternative transit uh, ideas. We have a taxi pass, but maybe something could be changed about that, but still, we are long stretched out town. We have people who have difficulty accessing transportation, medical transportation, east and west side and all that sort of thing. So it'll be in our uh, documents and we'll send you as well. But I'd like to ask counselors, is there anything else that you would like to um, Give information to so thank you, thank you uh, mayor manzer so first of all dan i'd like to thank you for the all the information and uh, also i'd like to thank you for presenting over the phone to our uh, our business community on april the 15th when we had the town hall meeting and there was just so you know you weren't there in person but there was i do know that yeah there was close to uh close to 100 people there. And just to reiterate what my fellow colleagues here said and Councillor Boychuk, that, that is the, ex the exact topics that people were, th those 100 people were frustrated about at that meeting is exactly what uh, my fellow colleagues talked today. So it's, it's a hot topic in town. Thank yeah, you. I hear it often. Uh, other councillors, anything further you would like to mention or reinforce or something like that? Councillor Shan? <coughs> no, I'm good. good. Everybody okay. did a good job. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Boychuk, uh, the last word is yours. I, I, I just have a quick question for Dan. Dan, is there any, you know, I, I've met some of these remand guys. 
Is there not a different level of remand for like, you know, if guys going up for murder, you know, he's not going to end up up here. How, how come we're end up getting like cases like that when these guys are committing crimes in Edmonton and stuff and, and they're not sent to the larger center remands. Why are they sent up north here to the smoke to us? Do you know why that would happen? I can't speak to the logistics of who's transferred where or when. I just know remanded from my understanding means that it's unplanned because they've been granted bail, court order, release unexpectedly. Um, I don't know if they have a distinction and separation for the most um, violent crimes to not be remanded to certain facilities. Um, I, I can't speak to that. I just know it's possible for us to have people in that facility um, who are accused of crimes where they couldn't serve their time. Right? I, I, I don't want to overstate exactly how that works because I don't have that detail in front of me. I do know that you could be remanded to the Peace River Correctional Facility and not be able to serve your time in earnest as sort of time served accounted for from it court awarding that time to you in Peace River because you're you're accused and potentially in the future would be sentenced to something um, graver than 24 uh, less a day. So uh, if you want, I can try and find more of those details out for you. I think it's a fair question if there are distinctions of uh, remanded um, situations, but I, I don't know, I don't know. I'd be surprised if there was, um, but in terms of the, the housing of them. It would just be access to a court in my first guess. Okay, and, and one other thing I found out about the remand guys is, is they don't have access to any programming and they're locked and there's they're they're only allowed out of their cells one hour a day, you know, and these are the type of guys that we're releasing into our community after being locked up for months. It's mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of scary sometimes. So mm -hmm. well I'll look into that um, for sure. I did want to touch base on the, the staffing shortage and mention a couple of times. Um, the Minister of Public Safety um, assures me that it's not affecting the release planning, any shortage they have, essential posts are, are filled. Um, so I'm taking the Minister at their word that that is not the reason there's a problem. Um, every single individual that is released in a planned situation, the Ministry assures me that they get to their destination minus some you know freak moment right but uh, that includes airfare potentially to get someone even further up north um, if they need to go to Edmonton and otherwise they will start moving them in advance so the planned releases they tell me um, for those folks serving their their um, time uh, are, is not a problem if they're sentenced regularly that is not the heart of the issue. If they are here after their release, it's because this is their own community or place of arrest, which is the, one of those two destinations of the policy where they, they send folks. Um, now, 13.4 a week on average from November to February. That's how many folks released, right? Um, disproportionately remanded. That's the information I have. And that's, that's just sort of a, a, a snapshot in time. I, that's not a full year average, but that's a multiple number of months that lead up to maybe what we're seeing is this heightened moment of, of concern with the community. That's a, that's a good number of folks for town or sides. We're approximately 6,800. Am I wrong in saying that? In 62. 62. 6,600. 66. 66. Okay. So I did these calculations just back at the navigator, which is to say my generation iPhone. But, um, that would mean approximately 2,000 folks are released into downtown Edmonton at that same rate, right? For the population, if I assume Edmonton is one million people, right? That's a large number of people into downtown Edmonton. 
and, and it helps when you scale it up to see 13.4 for a population I did 6,800, but play with the numbers, it's approximately the same, right? Um, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people released, that's, that's a lot, right? And we don't fully appreciate the amount of services required to help those folks, especially when they're not from here. Because somebody who has family here, because it's where their residence is, or they're arrested, for example, will have other resources. God willing, they have some sense of home and community, at least to help with that, if not in town, very close to town, right? The remanded folks aren't necessarily from here. They very well could be, but they could not be. And that is a larger burden, too. Um, and I, these are the points that I try and bring to the minister, saying we're happy to, to do our part. We're very grateful for the Peace River Correction Facility. It's a good institution that does good work, and those folks who work there are, are valued members of our community. And those folks who are remanded or those folks who are sentenced there, they're also Albertans. They're also people that I want to care for, but that does not mean we shouldn't have public safety in the process. That does not mean that our town can bear a burden bigger than its size and its responsibility, right? Which is the concern we have. So I'm trying to make sure I fight to get to the bottom of that and push to make sure we're adequately supported in those services uh, and that the system is working as it should, right? Not that there's a bunch of gaps and holes and that gets filled with Peace River. Right? And you know, the other thing that we were, we've been told is that the planned uh, release, the numbers used to be 75% um, were planned release and say 25 weren't, and it's the opposite these days, which uh, has major impacts, like you say, on all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, our town, you know, the emotional toll it takes on everyone who hears the stories, whatever, it, it becomes, you, you move towards that crisis mode, which is not where we want to go. So we would like some solutions yeah. before we get too many blow-ups. No, agree, and I've started down that road with you guys. Let's keep down it. Uh, I can't overstate how important it is that we get bail reform. And there, there's not a lot of tools when you talk about people who are accused, who aren't yet sentenced, um, beyond some sense of bringing bail back the way it was before. This sort of turnstile, this catch and release, it's not working. I think we were all nodding our heads on that one. <laughs> so, um, thank I'm you. excited to get the, more of the information you guys are going to send me. Um, I, I will say, in closing, congratulations on your $9.6 million uh, from the Alberta Wastewater uh, Partnership grant that you guys have that I know is uh, one that you guys have been asking for for more than one administration here now. Uh, many of you were counselors even then pushing on it. I'm very, very happy to be able to endorse that and that the minister saw the need. This is what the provincial government's there for, supporting towns for big dollars like this when needed, especially when it comes to, you know, a different kind of public safety and environmental safety, right? Um, no, it was great news and uh, we're very grateful and of course we're spending wisely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd like to hear from my northern towns. Good. Well, if there's nothing else, I'll say thank you all for uh, making yourselves available um, and all the citizens, constituents watching. Feel free to reach out to my office if any of these items were of interest to you. I'm happy to get you that information. And uh, as I sort of mentioned in passing, May 1st is when the writ drops, which is an important legal distinction. The government literally becomes a caretaker government. Deputy ministers become the de facto ministers. Uh, ministers don't make many new executive decisions unless they're incredibly pressing and urgent. And as an MLA, I continue to be your MLA, 
Um, but I will take a severely reduced role in, in sort of moving these files along. My office, um, Eva Schmidt, my office is gonna continue on working, so she will continue to move existing files forward so it doesn't drop completely. Uh, but in terms of new advocacy or special um, you know, interventions with ministers, et cetera, we'll just wait till after the election and see if the folks choose me again. Um, and if so, we'll pick up where we left off, and if not, best of luck to the next candidate. Well, thank you very much for coming tonight. I know you have a busy schedule, and uh, obviously the last week before the writ drops is kind of a major, major thing. So uh, we'll look forward to some ongoing dialogue and hopefully some um, uh, solutions coming forth. And uh, council and admin will consider the, um, uh, what was it, the, the study or the program that we could Placing. use to get mm -hmm. some data perhaps yeah. so we'll, we'll discuss that for sure Great. so thank you again good do you mind if i get a quick photo here you don't even have to leave your seats oh we should take a photo for should we do a full photo oh, would you want somebody to take i i have sure can someone i don't yeah, yeah. yeah. want to do like a small I can come I right can't here guarantee you it'll be uh, um, <coughs> focus because yeah I'm coming down sorry all right that's fine I'll go here I'll take my dress <laughs> too so we can on Facebook yeah. 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 do I have to do anything other than push no, the button push the button you got it Make sure we have everybody. Is Brad back there somewhere? He's back there. Come on. Come on, like somebody say, I don't know, election or something. <laughs> Pillar form. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you guys. I, you better check to make sure. I'm sure it came out. Should we all gather on the television? No. Yeah, I gotta get one of Mark. Hey, Mark, smile. Smile, Mark. There we go. I'll post that along with it. Uh, Thank you guys. Good luck to you over the next few Thank weeks. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Those handouts that I gave you have a lot of that information that they were talking about. Yeah. But we can email a bunch of copies too. Sure. Yeah. And like I said, follow up with any of the commitments you guys are made with my staff. I'm just because Angela couldn't make it today, and I will guarantee I'll get back to you if I get that. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you Thank very you. much, guys. Thank you. You should maybe change trade pictures because he might have got better ones. Okay, so uh, next up we have uh, some bylaws to consider. The first one is the line of credit borrowing bylaw 2023. And we have Director Michael Furt coming up, maybe. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, this, uh, so the request for decision on uh, bylaw 2132. And 2133 are really just renewals of previous year bylaws, and it requires that we um, take these before council as the implications of the use of them reduces our, our, our reach into our debt limit uh, potentially. So the first one um, deals with the line of credit, which um, was increased in previous years to $6 million. Um, it's currently not in use at this point in time, um, and it is prime plus 1%, that's unchanged. So currently prime is 6.7%, so it's at 7.7. Um, and that's 
that's really all there is to say on this. Um, again, if council wishes, they could they could adjust the limit. Um, it's not our intention to to, uh, to to eat into or to start to use a line of credit, uh, but it is it is beneficial to have that available um, if if the need arises. And that concludes my comments on this. Thank you. Thank you. So this is sort of an annual event, and I think the six million got changed a couple of years ago, but it's been six million for at least one year, anyways. So um, uh, maybe somebody could move us to first reading, and then if somebody has questions on it, we'll go from there. Councillor Good. I'll move that Councillor give first reading to bylaw number two one three two, being the line of credit borrowing bylaw for twenty twenty three. Thank you. So any. Uh, Discussion? Okay then, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried. And now uh, perhaps we could go to second reason, or reading if someone would like to move us there. Councillor Shannon? I'll move the council to second reading by a lot for 21. Okay, Councillor Shannon has sec proposed second reading. All those in favor of second reading? Passing. Great, it's carried. Um, to go to third reading, we need somebody to first of all get us there. So, Councillor or Deputy Mayor Ford. Yes, I put a motion on the floor to allow bylaw twenty one thirty two go to third reading. All those in favor. All those in favor of that motion. It is carried. And now maybe somebody would do the third reading motion. I'll move that council give third reading to bylaw number twenty one thirty two. Thank you. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Thank you, Mr. Rutherford. And now you're still up for a MasterCard borrowing bylaw. Yeah, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, again, this is one that's reviewed or, uh, reviewed annually. Um, currently, we have uh, several MasterCards. Different staff have uh, different levels based on their position. Um, the total amount is $150,000. Um, generally speaking, again, it depends on the month, but there might be twenty dollars to $30,000 worth of transactions, which are paid off um, as, as, as required. Um, and yeah, again, um, options are to, to approve the bylaw or to, uh, or to not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So if someone would move us to first reading, then we could have a discussion. Councillor Good? Move first reading of bylaw 2133, a bylaw to establish short term borrowing the Alberta Treasury branch for the town's MasterCard account. Thank you. Any discussion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you. Uh, someone want to move second reading? Councillor Shannon? I move that uh, the council give second reading to bylaw number 2133. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Would someone care to make us go to third reading, maybe? I'll move that uh, bylaw number 2133, the MasterCard borrowing bylaw for 2023, be placed for third reading. Thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. And now, maybe the last motion on this one? Anybody? Councilor, Deputy Mayor Ford? motion on the floor to provide third reading to bylaw 2133. Thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. 
Thank you again, Director. And the next one up is uh, CEO Miller, and she is bringing a bylaw 2134 to repeal the Peace River Regional Airport Bylaw 2039. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, your description is exactly what we're looking for. Um, since the Peace River Airport is no longer under the care and custody and control of the town of Peace River, we're just bringing forward this bylaw to repeal bylaw 2039, which um, provided guidance on the fees applicable to the airport. Thank you. So perhaps someone could move us to uh, first reading and then we could have a discussion if council wishes. Councilor Good. I'll move the council to your first reading to bylaw number 2134, being a bylaw to repeal bylaw number 2039. Thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. Uh, any, whoops, I forgot to ask about discussion. Well, onwards to second reading and then we can discuss if needed. Someone want to move for a second reading? I'll move council give second reading to bylaw number 2134. Good. Any Discussion? Okay, all those in favor? <coughs> Thank you, it is carried. Uh, to move to third reading, we first need to place it there. Okay, so Deputy Mayor moves that bylaw number 2133 being the master, or I'm reading the wrong one, being the airport 2134 being the Bylaw to repeal bylaw 2039 be placed for third reading. All those in favor? It is carried. And lastly, Councillor Shannon. Councillor Shannon. motion moved that council give third reading to bylaw number 2134. Thank you. All those in favor? Thank you. And thank you, CAO. Okay, unfinished business. Apparently unfinished business uh, but we have some new business um, number one the RCMP retro pay discussion and upcoming collective bargaining CAO Miller thank you your worship um, this request for decision is as you mentioned around the RCMP retroactive pay so there's been lots of talk about the retro pay that was recently um, Finalized, I guess, in the federal government, there was some discussions around whether the federal government would bear the burden of that cost, or if the burden would be um, passed down to the contract, uh, those who held contracts with the RCMP. And um, FCM and Alberta Muniz had done uh, a lot of advocating to see the federal government take responsibility, but unfortunately, that did not occur. So in the last um, budget in March, when the feds uh, put the budget down, it was announced that we would all be getting our um, proportionate share of the costs associated with our service. The retro pay did go from 2017 to 2021. And um, municipalities that, you know, don't, or with population of less than 5,000, they are not being asked to contribute to these costs. So unfortunately, we did get a bill for 312,000. $312,873.12. When we did the calculations, that works out to roughly 2.75% increase to our um, taxes to support that. 
So when the bill did come to us, the Public Safety Commission um, had offered to either um, extend payment over two years at no interest or we could you know, pay up front everything at once within 45 days. For cash management purposes, we did opt to pay over two years uh, to help our cash flow. And so um, since the collective agreement is now once again expired and the federal government is under negotiations again with the RCMP union and um, to try to avoid a similar situation where municipalities are not brought to the table and we don't have any options on the amount being paid or how it's being paid or anything like that, FCM and Alberta Munis are once again uh, reinstating or starting up to advocacy actions to try to get a seat at that table. And so they've asked council to consider um, a resolution that has been provided that they are asking municipalities to pass. And um, they're asking for one other thing. Oh, and then they just actually provided a press release example for us to get the message out. So the first options for council to consider is to pass the resolution provided by FCM, expressing the disappointment in the federal government's decision with regards to retroactive pay and in support of increased consultations with municipalities moving forward. And option two is council um, declines to participate in FCM's advocacy. Thank you. Uh, councillors, any questions? If I'm a rural municipality with a population over 5,000, do I pay? I would say probably yes, because I believe all communities that had 5,000 population or more um, would get a direct bill. Any further discussion or questions? So the, the payments are, are due by sometime in 2025, so this would affect which budget years for us? So it doesn't affect any budget um, because the costs the bill and the costs were put expensed into our 2022 audited financial statements, but it just impacts our cash flow. So at the end of um, our financial statements as of December 31st, 2022, have an accounts payable accrual of this amount and the expense was in our financial statements. So it's simply a cash flow perspective as when we actually pay the bill. And so we're taking the two years to do so. So the money's sitting someplace? In our bank account. Yeah, okay. Okay, any further questions? Councillor Carr? I'm just kind of curious, it's, uh, communities are 5,000 or more. <clears throat> now, is there any way we can, and this is maybe a ridiculous question, any way we can recoup any of that from our neighbors through ICF or anything? I mean, the policing is still going to police their area. Why are they not bearing any of the increased costs? So up until a couple of years ago, um, municipalities under 5,000 didn't pay anything. And recently now they do get a, a share. So um, they get a share of what the province pays now and it gets divided out on some calculation to all the individual 
um, municipalities, but I don't know if they are going to be subject to any retro pay. But they do now. They do now actually pay some police policing costs. Where up until a couple of years ago they never paid anything, and because this is retro from prior to when they were actually charged anything, the retro pay is not applicable to them. But there is one position that we do share with um, County of Sunrise. Yeah. So it has been asked us to search because we share that position on a 50-50 cost basis. And so we have been, administration has been asked to take a look to find out what the um, retro pay costs associated with that one specific position is. So then we can send a proportionate share of the bill up to our neighbors. But other than that, you know, I don't know. So, so towns our size, 5,000 and over, pay 70% of the cost and um, municipalities less than 5,000 are getting graduated up to 30% of their costs in three years or so time. Yeah. Councillor Good? Yeah, just a quick question, and um, I think you may have the answer for it, Samuel. So what, just roughly what do we spend on policing in a year? Oh, a couple hundred thousand million, a couple million? Just a ballpark number. Yeah, 2.1, 2.2 million. 2.1, 2.2 million around that. Yeah, just to give you an example, this happened a number of years ago. There was a community in Alberta that went from 5,000 to, I think, 5,086 residents. Oh. And the 86 residents cost another $2 million a year. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, if we, design, if we divide it into East Peace River or West Peace River or North or South Peace River and split the town in half, our costs would drop to the basement. So it's just, it's just where a borderline is costs you, well, millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, yes. <clears throat> okay, any further questions, discussion? Okay, we've got a recommendation in front of us. Would uh, a councillor want to bring forth that as a motion? Oh. Councillor Good. Um, I'll move that we pass the resolution provided by we pass the resolu resolution provided by the FCM expressing disappointment in the federal government's decision with regard to retroactive pay and and in support of increased consultation with municipalities moving forward. Thank you. Any further discussion? Okay. All those in favor? Thank you. Um, uh, just a thought, um, MLA Williams mentioned this um, $30,000 grant that municipalities would get. Would administration be bringing that back to us in the future, or how would we go about looking at it? Yes, yeah, sure. We'll take a look at it first to see if what it involves and if it's something we would be looking to pursue. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, next up we have the hmm, Northern Sunrise uh, County Economic Development Committee's invitation and speaking to this, CAO Miller. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is an um, exciting invitation. So as um, we are working to strengthen our regional partnerships with our neighbors 
and with our newly um, kind of newly evolving economic development committee as they are becoming a stronger committee and getting more and more organized. Um, there's been looking and uh, to collaborate somewhat on economic development and so Northern Sunrise County has extended an invitation uh, for one of the economic development committee members to join their meetings and so we were just looking the request for a decision is we're looking for council support in that director so then um, if council so supports then the adult committee can make that appointment um, would the um, information that comes from that uh, other committee then uh, come back to the Peace River ECDEP committee and then into the town council agendas is that kind of the way it would get there? Correct, that would be, I would expect uh, that they would do a report back to our committee and those would form part of our ECDEM committee minutes. Okay, thanks. Okay, um, discussion, motion, uh, Deputy Mayor. I put a motion on the floor that council support the Town of Peace River Economic Development Committee in appointing a committee member to the Northern Sunrise County Economic and Tourism Development Committee. Thank you. Um, any further discussion on this item? All those in favor then? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you. Next one is Regional Emergency Partnership, again CAO Miller. Thank you, Your Worship. So here's another um, exciting opportunity for regional collaboration. As we all know, uh, emergency management responses a huge responsibility takes a lot of expertise takes a lot of hands in in an emergency situation and so um, again northern sunrise county had put out a feelers to those of their neighbors to see if we had an interest in um, forming a regional emergency partnership to discuss uh, uh, situations to do some planning to do some training we all got together um, i think it was in march and we all felt CAOs and uh, the chief of fire departments, they all felt that it was of value and of importance and we're all excited to move forward and now we're all just coming back to our councils and seeking support of councils so we can move forward with that. Thank you. Any uh, questions this matter? So this is kind of a, a talking and planning group but if it's a financial uh, matter that comes up through that group, has to go back to individual councils, and I guess the group or somebody can decide if a council is not gonna put in money or put in money, and then, like I'm thinking, okay, suppose they decide uh, training that every firefighter should be trained to, I don't know, whatever level. How does that, is that part of this group? My understanding is it's strictly regarding emergency management okay. response and any funding that we would need, I think, in the initial, we would probably support out of our individual operating budgets because we would all have our own little training budgets for emergency management. And then if there was anything of a, I would suspect, a big uh, training, we would apply for grants, and then if there's anything outside of our nominal operating budgets, or I mean nominal costs that couldn't fund out of our operating budgets, then we would go to our individual councils. 
Okay, thank you. Any further discussion? Um, Councilor Boychuk, would you like to put forth a motion on this matter? Absolutely. You need me to read it out? I'm way down at the bottom there. Are you good to read it? I'll not. Sorry? Do you want to read it? I can. Yeah, I can. Um, so I put forth a motion that council supports forming a regional emergency partnership in the town of Peace River being an active participant in that. Thank you, Councillor Boychuk. All those in favor of Councillor Boychuk's motion? It is carried. Thank you again. Uh, then we had an addition to the agenda, the Northern Heat Annual Conference. And who is speaking to this? One, Chief Harris. Chief Harris, you're on. Thank you, Your Worship and Council. Um, the annual uh, Northern Heat Fire Conference and uh, Training Conference is coming up next week, so May 3rd to the 6th. Um, while this is hosted by the Peace Regional Fire Chiefs Association, which covers chiefs across the whole northwest of Alberta, um, the conference is held here in the town of Peace River at our training yard on the West Hill and also at the Chateau Nova Hotel. Um, the four-day conference brings a cutting-edge firefighter training and speakers to the region. Uh, this is our 23rd annual conference. We did miss a couple of years due to COVID, um, and, but it does bring a lot of firefighters uh, into town for that period. Um, the, uh, we do two days in live fire training on the Wednesday and Thursday, and then the kind of conference sessions and hands-on trainings on the Friday and Saturday. So our opening ceremonies for the conference, sort of official opening ceremonies are on Friday. And uh, I'd like to request, if possible, the mayor or designate to bring greetings on behalf of the town at that conference, opening ceremonies. Thank you, it's definitely a good conference. It's gonna be a busy weekend then with trade fair, this, and I think there's some event, big event going on at the Baytex too, so. Yeah, well, yeah, on the arenas or the gym side of it. Okay, so um, any further questions? Okay, we've got a recommendation in front of us. Would someone care to put forth a motion? Um, uh, Councillor Shannon, would I propose that move the council enable Mayor Manzer a designate to attend the opening ceremonies of the Peace Regional Fire Chief Annual Conference and bring greetings on behalf of the town on Friday, May 5th, 2023. Thank you. All those in favor of that motion? Okay, it is carried. Well, thank you, Chief Harris, and also uh, thanks for all your work going into organizing the conference, because it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Just um, as a side note, if, if any councillors wish to come and uh, view some of the training, um, we will do the live fire training on those grounds on the Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so that's kind of if you haven't seen that before and want to see that, uh, you can just get in contact with me and I'll, I can escort you around the uh, training grounds. Thank you. Yes? Just out of curiosity, will our new aerial be on display there? I am, uh, hope, hopefully, yes. <laughs> it is, we're still waiting on the final date. It probably will be during the conference. Uh, the, company does want to showcase it at the trade show during the conference, so um, hopefully it will be on display. I just haven't got the final date when it will come into town. 
Um, I will be doing, uh, we will have some kind of official ceremony to put the truck into service. When it gets here initially, we'll just, um, we'll be in the fire hall. Um, we have to receive some training on it first, so I believe that'll be after conference. Um, and once we have that and have the equipment on and ready to actually start responding with it, then we'll have an official putting it into service ceremony and I'll keep you all appraised of that and um, I was welcome to attend. That's where we push it into the fire hall and uh, kind of christen it and do that, so. Great, exciting. Looking forward to the event. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Shannon, do you have another question? Or no, I, he answered it already. Uh, I was just going to ask if it was the same one last year. I just can't believe a year went by that fast. And here we are. I missed it last year. I'll be there this year. Yeah, just let me know when you, you can tell sure. me. It's all better. Thank you. Okay, now we're on to reports. And the first one is the Community Rail Advocacy Alliance update. And this is one that um, I've been attending. So there's a group of now, how many municipalities? We have 29 um, members, some, most of which are municipalities, but some are um, like the Forestry Association has a rep. And basically uh, the executive of this is meeting with as many ministers and putting the word out there as much as possible, both uh, provincial and federal uh, ministers. So that will carry on. Um, in Alberta, it might get affected by the election, but federally, not so much. So um, we're just hoping that they keep the rail cars uh, on the road and on time with their commitments and not be shuffled sideways too much. That was that one. Any questions on that one? Okay, the next one is the Peace Regional RCMP Community Advisory Committee meeting. Draft minutes, Councillor Boycha. Uh, did you? Okay. Any, uh, yes, I did, and I saw you there too. Yes. Well, this was a different one. It was at the senior center, oh, it? and it was uh, was that the one? Yeah. Liver and that onions. That should right? be minutes that I sent in. Yeah. Liver and onions. <laughs> it was a good crowd. <laughs> so, if you want to speak to how the meeting went and so on. Sure, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting because we had a large public contingent and, um, you know, it was suggested a while ago we were at a meeting up at the RCMP office and, and Gerald Lungard was saying he, how uh, he disliked always meeting the senior supper and, and uh, so we suggested why don't we have a meeting there. So it, it was uh, really nice to sit spread out through the group. And, and talk with different seniors about community issues and stuff like that and, and a group of them stuck around after and had input into the meeting so um, we uh, mostly talked about our town hall and, and those kind of situations what was going on and, and uh, CAC's role in that and stuff but uh, yeah it was a good meeting I really enjoyed it it was probably one of the best funnest meetings I've attended I really enjoyed it Oh, that's good to hear. And I, I think the residents that were there um, also got uh, educated about a few things that the uh, committee does and that are things that are happening in the community. So that was great as well, I thought. Yeah, and we've got some exciting things coming up. I'm really excited about China and uh, the drug court 
going after that and stuff like that. So things are looking up in Peace River. I'm really excited for how this group really has a lot of high-scaled people on it that contribute a lot to our communities. Yes. So um, when you mentioned China, this is restorative justice, and apparently they've got about 15, I don't know if you call them cases or whatever, that they're uh, looking into, which is uh, quite an uptake from a few years ago where, you know, we're just getting started, one and two. So very good. Okay, maybe someone would like to move the council accept the reports uh, 9-1 and 9-2 for information. Councillor Carson moves, all those in favor? It is carried, thank you. Okay, we have information items. The first one is the Northern Lakes College Convocation Invite. You see it before us. And um, basically they're asking, um, what well, was sent to me, I'm on the Community Education Committee for Peace River for Northern Lakes College. They're asking if I would attend their uh, convocation, but it comes through the town in order to enable me to do that. So, it is on June 2nd. It is a slave lake. means a trip down and back sort of thing. And they have about uh, 200, 300 grads that usually at least go through that, plus their nursing component is another day, which is for that. So someone would have to move that if I am enabled or not. Councilor Good. I'll move the bearer, manager, manager, or designate be enabled to attend the Northern Lakes College Convocation 2022. Thank you. Any discussion? All those in pardon? All those in favor of the motion first. Okay. It is carried. Thank you. Um, we have the council communication packages, which Ms. Parsons is faithfully sending out at the end of each week. Um, anything that anybody wanted to bring forth from those uh, packages? Just, yes. Just one comment. I'm not sure what the issue was, but the links on the PDF, were there links or they were just in blue? And it was clicking on the blue. They're just blue. Okay. You can't get to them. The blue normally says blink, but that's okay if they're not. Please. Yeah. So the um, PDFs on your agenda is just the outline of the communications package. That's why the links don't work. When you go to the actual communications package, um, then the links would work on there. So and this is just an overview of what went out. So, so would a member of the public not be able to read them then? They'd have to go but, but that's they would have to know that there was another document behind <coughs> it. That's what that's the only thing that's said. Mm -hmm. um, is there any way of enabling the links from here? I mean most PDFs can have embedded links, but for at least a link to the one link. Anyways, it was just a thought because I was clicking, I thought there was something wrong with my computer. I can look at I can look at it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. The next item is um I spent half an hour oh, <laughs> uh, the next item is the April fourteenth, twenty twenty three uh, letter from the Northern Alberta Elected Leaders Group. Um, they wrote a letter on um, uh, behalf of the Peace River issue with Peace River Airport and NAV Canada. So you can read that in front of you as well. And they sent it to various ministers. 
And the last one is an email from the Office of the Minister of Municipal Affairs, uh, basically having to reschedule their meeting, which was planned for last Wednesday. And they had announcements they were doing. So we'll see about that in the future, I guess. Would someone care to move the council accept items 10-1 through 10-4 for information? Councillor Boychuk? Councillor Boychuk so moves. All those in favor? <coughs> Great, it is That's carried. True. Okay, notice the motion. Do we have any? None so, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. Comments from the public? Public left. Key communication items from this meeting, councillors. What would you put up as key communication items? I'd put up the visit from Dan Williams for sure. Visit from Dan Williams. Any others? Northern Heat Conference. Northern Heat Conference. Maybe RCMP Retro Pay. Uh, rural municipalities do not pay. Even if they're over five thousand. Yeah, I had a read on. Okay. So, for example, Grand Prairie County has over twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'd also like to add, because I think it matters if the both the Northern Sunrise County Economic Development Committee invite to the Town of Peace River, and the Emergency Partnership, which were both um, to a degree promoted by Northern Sunrise County, and much appreciated. Okay, so quite a lengthy list of items. So I would suggest that we take, what, 10 minutes, five minutes break right now? I had five coming from one person, so five minute break and we'll be back here at 6.20 and then move into closed session. Thanks. Perfect. So somehow I could send this picture.